Hey guys, welcome to Slash Report. Uh, so MK and I decided that after opening the doors to all those crazy bitches all those weeks, that probably the best thing to do is slack it back down, bring it back to basics, and uh, be lazy and watch Iron Man together. So we're doing another Mystery Slash Report Theater 3000. And this week, as you can guess, our movie is Iron Man. Now, just like the last time, to play along... Make sure your file or your DVD is frozen on the part where there's like an ocean of stars from the Paramount opening. I think it's the Paramount opening. Just shooting your face like so many streams of jizz. And uh, once you're there, get ready and we'll hit, we'll tell you when to start and we'll all go together on this journey of magical Iron Man discovery. And three, two, one, start. So I think an important first question for this movie, MK, is how many times have you already seen it? Oh my god. Uh, Okay, so I have a dumb confession to make before I answer that question. Okay. (laughs) Which is, when Iron Man was first coming out, like it hadn't actually hit theaters yet, but there were posters everywhere. Yes. I'm a DC girl. I had never actually read Iron Man, so I was like, what the fuck is Iron Man? That looks like (laughs) shit. And then I read, it was an SGA AU of Iron Man. Oh, remember the story. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is the greatest story. This girl is so brilliant. And then my friends were like, listen, you're coming with us. You're seeing Iron Man. I was like, fine. I was like, wait a minute. I know this story. <laughs> this is, oh. Meanwhile, uh, I'd say this is my favorite opening for Marvel movies still today. Yeah, it's probably the strongest. Totally the strongest. Like, awesome music. Uh, I would say classic American imagery. Yeah. And then, like, instant humor. Yeah. And, and it's like, really... I, I mean, like, Robert Downey Jr. is clearly... I mean, he's so entrenched in this character. He's the only person I can ever imagine playing it. Like... Yeah. No, he's basically playing himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah. I saw it in theaters like four times, and then I bought the DVD as soon as it came out, and I have seen it a lot. Wow, the only movie I've ever seen in theaters four times is The Mummy. I also saw Star Trek Eleven in theaters like four or five times. You have to leave Canada, Emily. <laughs> Canada's a really good place for me. Some nerd is worrisome. No. I also enjoy how, even though this movie is not that old, his male fashion is already out of date. Yes. I love that you know that, whereas I'm like, that sure is a dude in a suit. (laughs) What's wrong with pinstripes? Pinstripes are classic. It's not not the pinstripes, it's the problem, it's the cut, the way his suit and his tire cut. I'll take your Uh, word for it. There's also something really beautiful about all of the sort of ambiguity that's already been built into... The universe, just in the context of this conversation with Humvee, right? <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, like, so we've got Tony Stark, who's clearly, like, a rich asshole, hanging out with these super, super young kids who, like, should not be out here, right? Like, they're so young. Like, look at them. They want to take his picture. They're all, like, they're raising their hands. Have you ever <laughs> seen your army? 
Yeah, I'm keenly aware, dude. I come from a military state. Like, I hung out with the ROTC kids. But I'm just saying that, like, they did a really good job of kind of, like, highlighting all of this, like, crazy shit in such a compressed period of time. And it doesn't feel forced at all. Mm-hmm. And then you have Tony Stark so completely out of his element, like, sitting here, like, desperately fucking texting. Yeah. And that crystallized moment where that thing is about to blow his face off is so beautiful. And he's like, like holy I, shit, that's mine. Yeah, I love this opening sequence. Because he knows exactly the kind of damage that that thing can do. Like, there's, like, seeing a landmine and being like, holy shit, that's going to kill me. And then there is knowing in graphic detail what's going to happen. Yeah, because you probably built the prototype. Yeah. I will say, I love the reveal of his vest. Because you're like, Uh, why the fuck are you riding around in this stupid suit? Like, you're not even protected. No. (laughs) State-of-the-art vest, still fucked. Oh, also, apologies to the listeners, because I'm I'm eating um, Tapenade. I'm also eating. Isn't that what you do during movies? Yeah, but I feel bad for people to listen to us eat, unless there's, like, a creepy fascist community about that. There is. <laughs> Guaranteed. Also, A-plus production team. Because for this movie, all of the magazine covers are right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that looks yeah. perfect. They're actually legit magazine covers because 98% of the time when you look at like movie mock-ups or any sort of print material, it looks so fake. Yeah, that's because somebody like me gets paid to make it and like does not get access to the actual magazine's files. Yeah, but even if you don't, like if you have an eye for how the, the layout should look. Yeah, no, you can do a pretty good job. They don't yeah. usually, but... They did a great job in this. My dream would, well, not my dream, but if I had to make magazine covers for something like this, and they let me work with the magazines, I could be like, hi, I need your EPS files, and like... Oh. Yeah, that's never going to happen, dude. No, but it would be so beautiful. I know, baby, but that's why you just buy a copy of Vanity Fair and you try to, like, eyeball the margins like the rest of us do. Yeah, it's true. God, Tony Stark, you're so solid. <laughs> <laughs> He's awesome. I feel a little bad for this guy, Rhodey. <laughs> I do not feel sorry for the actor. Yeah, nobody feels sorry for the actor. Who was like, I want more money than like Tony Stark and everyone else in this movie for the sequel. Yeah. And they were like, no, we can get Don Cheadle for less. Yeah, and Don Cheadle's awesome. It's weird, because, like, it, in a weird way, it sort of ruins the film for me, because I'm, like, sitting here thinking, like, this actor's kind of a douche. Like, I wish Don Cheadle was in this movie, too. Totally. Because I love Don Cheadle. Plus, it, like, actually, like, there's amazing continuity between this new range of Marvel movies, and this yeah. asshole ruined it. Exactly. Like, get your ego in check. Robert Downey Jr. is still in the movie. Do you know how big his ego is? Bigger than he's going to tell you his penis is. <laughs> Bigger than his love for his cats. Oh yeah, his amazing cats. Yeah, in case you guys didn't know, Robert Downey Jr. is a fucking awful cat lady. A fucking awesome cat lady? Awful. Google it. Google Robert Downey Jr. cats. You'll find it. Yeah, he's like obsessed with his cats. It's like it's all it's like it's pretty bad to the point where I feel like the gods had to like make him a virgin again, and then Susan <laughs> Jeff had to like 
fix that for him on their wedding night. You are all class. <laughs> I hate this getup. I think this is the only time in the movies. When he looks really skeezy? Yeah, but it's because he looks like comic Tony Stark. It's not just that, but it's like that Vegas style yeah. that I dislike. It's the grossness. It's the tinted sunglasses, which is like particularly gross. Plus indoors. Um, like And the hair. The hair is like like Arthur from Inception slicked back. Except not as good as Arthur from Inception. Oh my god, I hate this girl so much. I spent the entire time I was okay, so over the weekend, I went to a nine-hour Marvel movie marathon at someone's house. It was bitchin'. There was a projection screen. I spent the entire time we were watching Iron Man or Iron Man 2 complaining. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for that. But I hate her so much. I hate the fact that this character exists. I hate that it perpetuates this bullshit lie that all journalists are just slutty, slutty skank buckets. And they just, I, first of all, she's way too clean to be a reporter. Like, look at how poised she is. Like, no reporter is that clean and put together. They're usually, like, and, sweaty and must and jumping for, please, I have a question. Yeah, and she should also have, like, seven bags hanging off of her. For all her like, crap. Yeah, she should be carrying around, like, a fuck ton of garbage. She shouldn't be doing this with a digital note recorder only because that thing will bust. She also needs so to she should be actually taking paper notes. Like, her hair should be tied up. And, like, essentially, she's way too attractive to be a functional reporter. <laughs> Plus, why, like, who in the fucking world told the Iron Man producers that Vanity Fair has staff reporters? Vanity <laughs> Fair doesn't have staff reporters? Have you guys ever read Mag... Ah, so much anger. So much anger. What so makes it extra great is that... Like, just going back to the magazines, they got all of those magazines yeah! so well, and then they fuck up the details of how magazines work. Also, P.S., reporters are so professionally drunk and skanky with ugly people that she would have known how to get out of bed and be gone by now. Yeah. But P.S., that technology on the windows is kind of happening now, and I really want it. Of course you do. The future is now, Prue. <laughs> It's now. Though I will say his house is really fug. I like it. I would just decorate it differently. Well, you can tell that he just, like, has all these houses and was like, hey, decorator, fill it with furniture so that when I'm there, I have something to sit on. And they were like, you know what you need? Waterfall in this balcony foyer area. Yeah, it is interesting. Hi, Pepper. I love Pepper, and I love how Pepper is dressed in all these movies, too. Um, I love Pepper. I also love Paul Bettany. Oh, everyone does. I, Jarvis and Pepper are the greatest. I walked out of this movie the first time, and I was like, I totally ship Tony Stark slash Jarvis. Jarvis the computer, not Jarvis the actual butler from the comics. Yeah, Like, well. Paul Bettany's voice is amazing. Well, oh, the, what I was going to say earlier before I got derailed by how beautiful Gwyneth Paltrow is in this movie mm-hmm. is that the only part of the house that actually has any of his personality in it is obviously the workshop. Obviously, but he clearly designed that part himself. Yeah. It's basically a basement bunker, but full of Tony Stark. Yeah. I think I was either... I don't remember where I read this anymore. I have a suspicion that it was probably Cobweb Diamond's um, costume blog or fashion blog, but she made this 
she made like the very good point that Pepper actually dresses and looks the way that she should look for a woman of her caliber and her professional standing. Yep. Um, like most times you look in movies and it just like doesn't quite look right. Like they don't necessarily look like it looks like a costume or it looks like something where it's what you would imagine a beautiful woman would wear to the office, but it's just not practical and it doesn't actually work. Yeah. And it is a little, and she's better dressed for that in this movie than she is in the sequel where like, it's flattering. It's professional. You don't see her yes. boobs. It's not fussy. No. And her hair is a little bit like frazzled because she's Tony Stark's like personal assistant slash CEO. Yes. It's, it's, I'd be a little frazzled too, but way more exquisite. frazzled than she is. It's exquisite. I love this whole deal. Yep. I also love that she can order her own birthday presents. <laughs> I bet you one time she took his credit card and just like lived off of it for two months trying to figure out when he would notice. And he, he just didn't. didn't. <laughs> she was like, I feel really badly. I should stop doing that. <laughs> Oh, if I were to then, Tony Stark, I would buy my She stopped doing that. Like Tony bought a boat and burned it for an experiment. <laughs> and she was like, "Fuck it, I'm using that card all the time." I love John Favreau is happy. <laughs> He's like, it's awesome casting. Like the two of them also have like a great patter. I wish that he was in the movies more, yeah. frankly. And also, apparently, Happy and Pepper get married in the original comics. What? Yeah, or at least one branch of them or something that they're married. I would not have seen that coming. Neither would I. But then again, like, you can love Tony Stark, but you can't really, like, love him and be with him. Like, he's so ultra crazy. No, yeah. One of the best um, Iron Man Captain America stories I read Mm -hmm. was the one where Tony and Pepper are together at the beginning, and eventually she's like, I can't do this. Like, I love you too much to be with you. Yeah. And she breaks up with him, and then eventually he falls in love with, you know, Steve Rogers, as he should. (laughs) I love the stripper plane. <laughs> Pepper stripper. refuses to ride in that plane. Yeah, right. Pepper loves that plane. For her birthday, Tony got her a bunch of male strippers. Strippers are creepy. It's like really an uncomfortable situation. You don't feel this? Oh, no, I totally feel this. But you also know that I have a perverse sense of humor. Yeah, you're right. I should know better. Yeah, like, I would essentially sit there and, like, chillax with the strippers. That's valid. <laughs> Can you imagine the job interview to be one of his air stewards? <laughs> Flight attendants. Flight attendants. Although, I guess, like, there's really no point in being politically correct if you're going to be expected <laughs> to, like, strip when you're... <laughs> yep. I don't know. Like, I would totally go for that job. I bet you being one of Tony Stark's flight attendants is fun. I bet you get paid stupid well for working very occasionally. 
Hells to the yes. Especially once he becomes Iron Man, and he's really just using that plane to fly his friends around instead. Also, help, well, also when he's like too hungover. Yeah, you're right. Well, you, know, you don't think he doesn't? You think he doesn't use the Iron Man suit when he's hungover? I think it's harder just... to fly. I think that Tony Stark learned the hard way that it's really hard to fly when he's hungover. And there's also like the terrible, terrible. Okay, so guys, this is the sort of thing that I think about for a long time. Um, <laughs> what if you're in space and you throw up? That would be the worst because you would be stuck in a contained place with all of your vomit. And I think that Tony has probably personally experienced what it's like to be super, super ultra hungover and then puke in the suit. Okay, but what you're supposed to do when you puke in zero or in free fall, let's say, in free fall in a larger space than the Iron Man suit, like, say, the Vomit Comet, which, Mm -hmm. if you don't know, is a low-Earth orbit, super-fast jet, essentially, that you can get in and be in free fall, so it's like you're in space. Which I have been trying to buy tickets for forever, but I don't actually know if you can do that. You can, but it's very expensive. It's super expensive, and, like, the waiting list is, like, eight years long. Yeah, but the reason they call it the Vomit Comet is because everybody vomits. So, so worth it. So what they do is you just catch the vomit while you're still in free fall in a container. Which is fine, but the problem is that, like, we're specifically talking about a circumstance where Tony would be, like, forking up whatever fucking shit he ate the night before in his suit. Yes, and in that case, it would be 800 million times worse than anything I could imagine. And the best part is Jarvis would have no sympathy. He'd be like, well, sir, you have to uh, take this really long route back home. The (laughs) longest route. Tony's like, I don't think this is the fastest way home. Jarvis is like, it totally is. Jarvis is like, I'm just going to let that vomit acid pickle you for a little bit. Enjoy that asshole. Just for a while, sir. (laughs) Enjoy it. Please do. I also do enjoy, right? Like that. I mean, I I have a lot of problems with typical superhero stuff, right? Because I don't. I think the characters are pretty uninteresting. Like I grew up loving Superman, but remember when you said that Superman is like a superhero for when you're a child? Yeah. It's so accurate. Like, you love Superman for all the things that he can do that you can't when you're young. And that's why I loved him. But I I think Tony Stark is such a more interesting superhero. And I actually, like, he's one of those people that I really enjoy as a character, but I hate as a person. Um, And I think that... Sorry, Batman and Tony Stark, or Iron Man, are basically the same superhero in two different franchises. Right. They're just, like, millionaires who are really smart and who have built things or trained themselves to be able to be with superheroes. But they're assholes. I think that it actually I have to slightly disagree with you in the sense that I think that Tony is a lot less dark than Batman because I think Batman is happy with how dark he is in the sense that like he doesn't I don't think that he sees any motivating factor to change whereas Tony is like like to me at least classically an addict and manic depressive, right? Like, so he's constantly chasing a high, constantly chasing a high, and then he'll crash. But, like, he doesn't like that crash. Like, nobody does who is an addict, right? And everyone sitting around listening to this podcast who has ever bit found themselves in that situation, like, knows that feeling where you think you're great, you think you're awesome, you're chasing the high, it's super bitching, like, you are high-functioning, you are doing okay, and then, like, snap. Like, you find yourself in the bottom well, and it's, like, not a good place to be. And I think that, like, he engineers himself, you know? Like, the whole Iron Man suit could be viewed as, like, a metaphor for him, like, trying to, like, become better than himself. I think it's, I don't know, I think it's a really interesting character. Okay, but there are two things. One, the way I think of Batman is the way I think of Stephen King. 
I think it's Stephen King. If I'm wrong, don't hate me, guys. I get all the stuff wrong. Stephen King, when he was a kid, witnessed, like, someone, his best friend or something, killed brutally in a train crash. Oh, God. Yeah, and that's why he writes horror movies, because he can't stop reliving terrible things. Like, he's basically just doing the same thing over and over again, and he's basically addicted to it and thinks he's awesome, but it's not really healthy. Yeah, but I, uh... That's how I think of Batman. Batman is just living over the death of his parents again and again and again. He's not actually, like, enjoying it. But he yeah. can't stop himself. And the other thing is that in the comics, Tony Stark, like, programs his brain with a computer or some nanites or something. Yeah. That possibly drive him crazy. I heard about that. Good times. Yeah. So I'm like, mm, they're both I'm, super crazy. They are super crazy. But I, I weirdly, I find Tony, like, much more, I'm much more capable of empathizing with Tony than I am with Batman. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, but the other thing I was going to say is that I love this sequence. Like, I think that Marvel walked a very careful line where, like, if you think about his captivity and you think about what was done to him physically, you get the impression that, like, he underwent, like, horrific torture. Right? Just horrific torture. And if you don't think about it too carefully, you can still sort of, like, watch this and not have to, like, go that gore. Mm-hmm. But I like that because it's such a defining, like, it's such a defining element of his character. Like, and I think that it, it, to really be able to love a character, you have to, like, sympathize with them and believe that they have humility. And it's not until you hit this moment that you're like, yes, Tony, like, oh, my God, I'm really sorry. Like, you are just like us and way worse off than you can be. Like, then you start rooting for him. Yeah. No, at the beginning of this movie, you're like, oh, what a douchebag. And by the end, you're like, fucking A, Tony Stark. Exactly. Well, not even by the end. By, like, the time he gets out of this fucking cave. Oh, like, the minute he busts out, like, the fucking flamethrowers, I was like, yeah, That was, like, one of... Marvel movies have the unique ability to make me want to yell, fuck yeah, America. Which, like, nothing else in my life does. The rest of the time, I'm like, America. There was, I was reading a review of this when the movie initially came out, like, right after I watched it, and I really wish I remember who had written this, but they were talking about the scene later on when he goes to the small village, like, on the first Iron Man mission, and he, like, has that viewfinder where, like, the terrorists are holding on the women and children captive, and the, he has, like, an automatic locking system so that, like, he can shoot all the bad guys in the face and not hurt any of the good guys. Mm-hmm. And the reviewer was like that, like I actually yelled "fuck yeah, America!" Like <laughs> fucking terrorism, like in the theater watching that. And I was like, "Yeah, me too." I totally yelled "fuck you, terrorism!" <laughs> in the theater. I think everyone in the theater did. Like even in Canada, they were like, "Fuck yeah!" That's <laughs> right. Fuck the bad guy. Eat it. Where's the rest of the time? I'm like, oh, this is like a terrible. Like nobody is winning. Everyone is just bad. <laughs> Marvel. Making you support the war on terror. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was also thinking about this, like, interesting thing where, like, um, someone was pointing out that because, I mean, because Tony Stark has been, like, Iron Man has been a character for so long, Mm -hmm. he's been prisoner of war through so many different wars, right? Like, he was, like, in Vietnam, and then he was in Korea, and then he was, like, in all sorts of different places. Like, his personal canon changes with different reboots of him. And the latest reboot of him is obviously um, 
a war somewhere in the ambiguous Middle East. Yeah. But I think it's such an interesting thing that he's like the continuity of war and the eternalness of this character because I don't think that we're ever going to find ourselves in a position where we're like not embroiled in the war, which is possibly part of the reason that the second movie suffered so badly because they still wanted it to be like an earth-based conflict and because he's like, oh, look, it's the longest period of uninterrupted peace that we've ever had in like recorded like living memory. Then you had to like invent some sort of like batshit antagonist. Yeah. I feel like the Bond movies got it, like, okay, the Bond movies are both terrible and amazing, but one thing they got right in terms of making movies is just pick a new country to be evil for the next movie. Like, Well, I, I think that, like, the fact that, I mean, it's, I think Marvel was, like, playing, uh, actually, I think that they were being too cautious, right? Like, mm-hmm. we've already bought your franchise hook, line, and sinker. Just go, just go big, you know? Go scrolls. Like, go crazy comic book villains because those are the sort of villains that weren't a hero of the caliber that we're getting in these movies like don't try to just like make it yeah what the fuck was that mickey rourke story like there was a whole like oh betrayal like nobody cared you know like electric naked whip man with tattoos like (laughs) i mean i enjoyed the fuck out of that movie but still are you kidding i hated that movie i like suffered through it and was like never again not buying you on dvd not even in a box set eat it Oh, hells no. I, like, loved it with every little self-indulgent, like, explosions and drugs part of my body, right? Like, (laughs) I was, like, even as I was watching, I was, like, objectively, this film is not good. But, like, in a, yeah, substance abuse is awesome way, like, loved it. You're so terrible. I think the only, I hope this was in Iron Man 2, the only worthwhile scene in that movie is when Iron Man is drunk and, like, kind of hungover inside the giant donut and Nick Fury has to be like, get your ass down. Right. Just, like, it's the kind of shit that, like... Sir, please exit the donut. Yeah. <laughs> Tony is an adult. Like, he's a superhero for adults, but he is also basically a child, like an angry teenager. It's great. It is great. Steve Rogers was, like, mature from day one. Tony Stark was like, stay in 12 forever. Eat it. <laughs> well, I think that... I think that the difference between Steve and Tony, right? It's, like, the, the primary disparity is that Tony is very... Like, Tony just assumes that he's wrong. Like, not, not necessarily about intellectual stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Tony de facto assumes that all the shit that he does is wrong. Like, it's wrong, and he's getting away with it because he's rich, or, like, he's gonna, like, get smacked down for it, so he may as well enjoy it while he can. Right. And Steve, de facto, assumes that he's right. That everything he does is right. That he's, like, doing the right thing all the time. And they're both equally annoying. I was gonna say, to be fair, most of the time, both of those things are true. I know, but they're both equally annoying, because sometimes... Sometimes. Can you imagine trying to tell Captain America that he's wrong? Oh my god, I would just give up. I would just be like, no, you're right, fine, be right, I'll just be wrong. I would send in Darcy. I bet Darcy could do it. Eh. She worked with Jane. I don't know, I have an instinctive dislike for characters that everyone, like, rushes toward and loves. That have, like, (laughs) no discernible actual talent. 
Like, I love Darcy. I thought she was really funny. Like, I think that any bit she was like, I'm going to taste the fuck out of this guy is awesome. Like, she seems very cool. Here's the thing, like, the fan but Also, like, but then, it, but yeah, like, my problem is the fan that has, like, grown out of, like, our limited Darcy time. I like the fanon, though, that Darcy is basically the new Pepper Potts. Like, there's Pepper, and there's Pepper's successor, who should be Darcy. Mm. She doesn't know anything about the shit that Jane's doing, but she manages to, like, organize it all, keep all that shit straight, and keep Jane basically with food and water and, like, sleep for who knows how long. And tases them twice. But we don't know that she actually does that. Like, we actually never see her doing any of that. If is my point. Like, if you go rewatch Thor, I just watched it. You know, she's really funny. She's great. She's quippy. But, like, we don't see her doing anything. Like, all of that stuff you just said that she does, we don't see her doing it. Isn't it implied? No, because Jane could do that. Eric could be doing that. You saw where Jane lives. So? When she's not at work, she's a fail. Yeah, her office wasn't that much better, dude. Like, no, I understand. Like, it's cool. Like, Darcy is cool. People love her. I'm just saying. But, like... I sort like I take a contrarian view to this stuff. Like I really enjoy her, but I'm also like not. Darcy's the greatest. She should be the next Pepper Potts because I think that Darcy has a long fucking way to go before <laughs> she ever be Pepper Potts. I think she has a long way to go, but I think that she should start training now. I also just say that I really enjoy like the skyids used in this movie. Like Tony's the case. Tony's in a cave. That's science of the cave, so you know that it's extra sciencey. Like Tony Stark built this in a cave. Cave. That seems so scary when he does that bit. It's terrifying. The best part is that that guy in real life is like all sunshine and puppies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this guy is so evil. Ugh. I have to say, like, Tony, like, F-minus on hiding your suspicious shit. Like, have you taken the effort to, like, draw those things on two separate sheets of paper? Like, which is brilliant, BT dubs. It's like four like, sheets don't of lay paper. them on top of each other. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> like, spread those out. Oh. Some, evil. Some people just have, like, evil faces. Sure. Like, the guy who played... No, I don't know who that is anymore. Just, like, some people are classically cast as villains because they have evil faces. And one of those features is the hook nose, which, like, I'm yeah. really sorry to anyone born with a hook nose. You should play a villain. You clearly look evil. 
You have a bird face. Uh, so much hate mail for this episode. Oh, I can already see the hate mail piling up for this episode. It's a really strong nose. It just happens to often look evil. So much hate mail. <laughs> oh, not the nice medical dude. I think you noticed that both Tony and Steve have like a nice doctor mentor. Yeah. Ugh, I wanted him to live. I like yeah, sort of too. knew that he wouldn't because I mean obviously he needed to die for the narrative arc of the story. But you want but, like, him to live so badly. You do. You want him to live and because like you know that Tony would take him back and like install him at Stark Enterprises mm-hmm. and he would be like the awesome dude who like is the mentor for the interns. Totally. Or some shit, and, like, Steve would love him to bits. It's true. It would just be... It would be really good for both of them. God. The other thing about this movie is it made me actually attracted to Robert Downey Jr., which had never happened before. (laughs) He's just, like, always in a wife beater, like, hammering something and being sweaty, and for some reason that really worked for me. He's, like, so manly. <laughs> what? I think that's beautiful because, like, Tony Stark is, yes, in this scene, he's very manly. But left to his own devices, Tony Stark is like a squirrely little weirdo. Yeah. No, that's the magic. <laughs> I love how stupid these guards are. Like, how have you guys not figured out that something <laughs> weird is going on? He's clearly not building missiles. Yeah, I mean, like, I know that he's supposedly in a camera, bl- like, in a camera blind corner, mm-hmm. but, like, they're, like, hi, use some basic logic. There is no missile appearing in that room. No. Not one, not more than one. <laughs> but there are some weird things that look like they could fit on a really fat dude. Thank you for that. You know how much padding he had to wear under that Iron Man suit? All the padding. Like, all the padding so that he wouldn't catch fire, and he basically still caught fire. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, it's flammable. (laughs) Shit, why didn't I plan for that? Round two. I was was trying to, like, describe Tony Stark's, like, mental, like, monologue, Mm -hmm. and I I genuinely believe Tony Stark's entire mental monologue is basically like, this is awesome, this is awesome, this is so, oh, shit, 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 (laughs) That is exactly it. And then, like, oh, wait, this is awesome again. It's awesome. It's so awesome. Basically, it's either awesome or it's like, oh, shit, I'm on fire. If I worked in the Marvel movie, whatever, with Disney, instead of having, like, director's commentary, I would literally hire Robert Downey Jr. to do a second commentary that was just his monologue. Oh, my God. Okay, guys. My greatest sadness is that I think that they heard Robert Downey Jr.'s commentary on Tropic Thunder, and then decided that he was never allowed to do commentary again because he's too precious. Like, he's too amazing. If you guys, slash reporter listeners, if you've never heard the commentary on Tropic Thunder, I'd go stop the slash report right now. Stop Iron Man. Go get the DVDs and put on this commentary. And let me tell you why. Because Robert Downey Jr. and Ben Stiller and Jack Black are on this commentary. And Robert Downey Jr. does the commentary 
as his character, Kirk Lazarus, still pretending to be a black dude in that movie. <laughs> he keeps character the entire film. Of course he does. And there's a beautiful moment in the middle where on the commentary he says to Jack Black, I don't mind your titties. And me, <laughs> Kate, a.k.a. 20-something, had to turn off the television because we were so overcome. Like, we just had to stop. It was too much for us. I really regret not living in the same city as you guys. Like, for years now. It was so, oh my god, it was just like, whatever. And also, I have a similar suspicion that they actually did record a DVD commentary for the Sherlock Holmes movie, and it was him and Jude Law making gay jokes the entire time, so they could never publish it. That's probably true. But I would punch every baby for them to do an Avengers commentary. <laughs> every baby. Like, just bring a baby and I will punch it. <laughs> That's just, Those are fighting words, guys. She loves her some babies. You know it. I love babies so much, but some of them have got to be punched. <laughs> I like the idea that punching babies would make things happen. I don't know. Like, I don't know where that idea originated from, but I like it. (laughs) Oh, you also love Tony Stark, MK, because he fails his way into success. Case in point is this bit where he's going to look ultra badass and then just get his arm stuck in a wall. Yeah. You know what? I had never thought of it before. That is exactly why I love him. (laughs) Remember how I told you I burned my boob yesterday on a Hot Pocket? I was trying to expunge that memory, but yes, sadly I do. It made like a, like a red scab burn on my boob. It's really annoying me. Did you actually run your boob under cold water at all? No. That would be why. That is, you know those horrible burn marks that I have on my arm? Are you serious? That's going to be in my boob forever? It's going to be on your boob for years. I still have marks. Whatever, yo, battle scars. I'm going to make up a lie for how that happened. Yeah, you fought a pizza pocket and you <laughs> lost. But normal people won't know that. They will only know that I have a cool battle scar. We should come up with, like, you should you should say that you were, like, undercover somewhere and someone, like, put a cigarette out on you. And you just, like, were like, whatever, and then you killed them with your chair that you were still tied to, like Natasha. Yeah, that is basically exactly what happened. I'm going to tell people that all the time. That is a factual characterization of the events that went down. You can ask my friend Prue. She'll back me up on this. She'll totally back me up on this. (laughs) Ask her. She'll give you the whole picture. The whole thing. It's true. I was on hold the entire time while you were kicking someone's ass. Me being Coulson. I was going to say, I love that you just cast yourself as Coulson. I I could be Coulson, though. You could totally be Coulson. Although I think that, like, in our Marvel, in our little friend group's Marvel movie casting, I've already been, like, permanently besmirched as Tony, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. (laughs) Ugh, cried every single time I've seen this scene. So sad. I tried to get my mom to watch this movie, and I think she made it this far, and she was like, no. (laughs) She just left. That's, like, as soon as he says, don't waste it, I'm just, I'm lost. I can't even listen to it right now because I, I like, feel feelings coming up. When he says my family is dead, I was like, ah, I knew it already. Of course they are, but still. Yeah. Mm, There is an amazing gift set on Tumblr right now Mm -hmm. that is four animated panels of Tony Stark, each with a word over them. Right. It's, like, genius, which is, like, him working in the lab, billionaire. 
Playboy. Oh, and then philanthropist. Philanthropist. And it's him, like, pulling the Iron Man mask down. Oh. Right? It's beautiful. That is when he's a philanthropist. Yes. All of his donating money doesn't really count, but this shit counts. <laughs> oh, the only other thing that counts for him being a philanthropist is giving Pepper Potts his credit card. That's not philanthropy. Pepper's probably paid, like, seven figures. It's totally philanthropy, because Pepper deserves yeah. that shit. Yeah, this is, like, definitely, like, some, like, eagle screaming across the sky, like, flags waving, star-spangled banner playing, like, single tear rolls down the face of, like, an American soldier. Fuck yeah, American bullshit right here. Because <laughs> the great thing is, when Captain America showed up to meet, like, actual soldiers, they are all like, fuck you. When Tony Stark shows up to meet soldiers, they're like, fuck yes, can we take your picture? Well, yeah, because Tony Stark gives them... <laughs> Captain America punched out Hitler 200 times. Captain America punched out fake Hitler 200 times. Still counts. No. I, when, when and if we do a Captain America one of these, I have, like, so many feelings about Captain America and, like, the brilliant cleverness of them having him be a figurehead and the sort of, like, grotesque cabs of war and, like, how both are totally necessary. And that, yeah, like, that transition where he's, like, going from all those packed dance halls to the front is so beautiful and perfect. Oh, feelings. <laughs> feelings about Steve Rogers. I who's my favorite. this arc of him falling. Yes. Like, the first, first shot of the sand. <laughs> Like, I assume that that was weeks of work, and it just exploded all over the desert. And now he has to walk like a chump until they come get him. <laughs> like a chump. I See, this is why, like, I love, I love this shit. Because it's like, you know what? You can sit around, like, waiting to get rescued. Or you could, like, build a goddamn robot. Yeah. And you know what? Tony Stark will build a goddamn robot every single time. Yep. That is because building a robot is the correct answer in almost all cases. Mm-hmm. Also, also wept like a whore when Rhodey came down and was like, next time you're not riding in the fun bee. Wept. Just oceans of tears. <laughs> grotesque, shameful cry. You're so emotional. I'm so feeble. <laughs> Basically, I have to write stories because otherwise I would just be like, like Veruca Salt, like just overblown with feelings all the time, going purple with them. <laughs> I like the. the this is just you such a beautiful scene. In any moment. It is a beautiful scene. Oh, <laughs> such good friends. <sighs> okay. Okay. God, Disney's amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad Marvel bought their studio back. I'm so glad because this entire arc of films could have never happened if they weren't the ones in creative control of the product. It's true. 
You really need to keep that shit in-house. Yeah, like, because nobody, like, people have to get it, you know? Yeah, it has to be really cohesive. Look at Pepper's face! I like that he, like, got his hair cleaned up a bit before he, he was like, I need a suit and I need to look pretty. Otherwise, <laughs> Pepper will cry. Well, also, she's going to show me up if I don't look pretty, so. Mm-hmm. I call BS on this part where he, like, goes to Burger King for his American hamburger. Because I think that since he is in California, his ass would be going to In-N-Out. Yeah, but who sponsored this movie? Did Burger King sponsor this movie? Anytime that you have product placement like that in a movie, it's because they paid for it. Otherwise, really? they'd be eating a generic burger. Yeah, but can't they have just been like, hey, In-N-Out, give us $100? No, no, no. In-N-Out would have been like, here is $300,000, please feature our burgers in the film. They should have done it. Well, Those burgers are so superior to Burger King's burgers. I'm not even sure that's actual cow. You need to get the right audience, and this movie is going to be all over the world. Burger King has restaurants all over the world. In-N-Out doesn't. That's true. You gotta make that money worthwhile. <sighs> Do you like us using our professional skills here to analyze a movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was just making a comment about market saturation in the Asian markets of Burger King, but then I was like, shut up. Okay, there is only one thing that I will eat at Burger King. I refuse to eat anything else there because it's disgusting. They are the easiest place in Toronto to get fried mozzarella cheese sticks with marinara sauce. Oh, I'll eat any fast food at any place. Like, anybody who pretends to, like, be too good for fast food is, like, a goddamn liar. Like, I probably cook better than 98% of the people who say that they refuse to eat that shit. I love that garbage. Like, the worse, the worse it is for you, the worse it is for, like, my soul and my heart. Delicious. I eat fast food. I just... There's some fast food I won't eat. I won't eat KFC or Taco Bell. I'll eat any of that shit. Other than the matzo sticks, I won't eat Burger King. I will eat any of that shit. I've eaten so much worse. And it has nothing to do with, like, has nothing to do with, like, fast food. Like, I ate fried scorpion. I've been daring to eat some really questionable garbage off of, like, food trucks in western China. Like, it's made me strong. Just like SLOing. Except that, you know, with SLO, you can bleach your brain, kind of. But if you eat weird shit, you're going to get the shits. Yeah, but it trains your body. Like, it's strong now. Like, I can eat almost anything and not get the shits. I don't have time to waste on the shits. <laughs> that is like a, an unproductive use of You're too busy being attacked by pizza pockets and losing. Uh, I was tied to a chair and it was a lit cigarette from one of my attackers. <laughs> it's true, because I was on the phone with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So, deal with it. <laughs> oh, I also have to say... It, this press conference is like the worst press conference ever. Like the worst press conference <laughs> of all time. For so, so many reasons. <laughs> Including but not limited to the fact that the guy who had the first question was like, what? Oh, horrible question. <laughs> oh. What a weird city. Look at that weird layout. 
Can I just say that, like, if I was, like, a big, rich dude, I would also wander around in a Segway with a cigar. That just seems like a really good idea. I bet it does. Oh, I took a survey at my Marvel movie marathon party over the weekend, and we all categorically agree that this scene where Obadiah is like, open your shirt, is like the creepiest. <laughs> the creepiest. <laughs> He's the creepy uncle. He's so creepy. This is like seriously bad touch uncle, where you're like, you hold up a Barbie, and the kid's like, where did he touch you? <laughs> I bet you Obadiah bought Tony his first hooker. I think when Tony was, like, 14, he took him to a high-class brothel. Just, like, helped him out of that shit. Nobody should have left that man alone with a child. Ah, uh, don't touch him! I'm so creeped out! Yeah, it's super... It, like, makes Tony Stark seem extra young. Yeah, it does. Like, it until like... that moment, he was totally, like, a 40-year-old man, and now I'm like, you seem really young, and that man shouldn't it's be touching sporting. you like that. <laughs> Oh my god, just imagine if Steve had been in a room with Obadiah. Steve would have been like, I think I need to make a PSA about this. It's like, (laughs) oh my gosh. I'm spending a lot of time thinking of like hilarious PSAs that Steve Rogers is going to make. Steve Rogers is like, I will join S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avengers Initiative on the, (laughs) you know, the only thing that I ask is that you allow me to make regular PSAs whenever I want, broadcast to the entire American public. And they're like, what's the worst that he could do? So fast. Oh, BT Dubs, for anyone who doesn't know, the characterization of Mad Money in this movie is not uh, an exaggeration at all. This is a perfectly accurate representation of what happens on this show. I'm sorry, are you telling me that that's a real show? That is a real show. Jim Cramer is a real dude, and that is actually what happens on Jim Cramer's Mad Money. And do people take financial advice from that man? Yes, they do. Yes, they do take financial advice from that man. This is also a man who has, like, a wall of board members that when he's upset with them, he throws pies at the pictures. This movie for me... Just keeps going back and forth between wow, Tony Stark is attractive and wow, he isn't. And this is a wow, he isn't mode. Yeah, it's the hair. Yep. Every time they do that to his hair, I'm like, mm-mm, not having any of that. I also, like, I know that the I know that the facial hair is, like, part of his gig, but I don't like it because every time I look at him, I just think that he's trafficking 12-year-old boys. Yeah, he looks like he would roll down the window in a sketchy part of town and be like, get in. Yeah. It looks like he would say that to Steve. He's there, like, volunteering with some nuns. 
Steve is like watching some graffiti. Tony like rolls up drunk off his dick. Like, hey, pretty boy, you want to get in the car? Like, seventeen nuns converge on the car. They're like, no, do not go with that man. That man is dangerous, Steve Rogers. You don't Steve's know because like- you've been frozen in ice for like forty years. <laughs> And Steve is like, I'm sorry, he's actually my ride back home. And they're like, oh, God! <coughs> we have a doll in the back. You can show us where the bad man touched you. <laughs> I love this scene between the two of them. It's so perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I love that this is just a big game of operation. <laughs> It is safe. You have really small hands. <laughs> yeah, Pepper's not happy about this. Not in her job description. No. Although, what, like, what can you imagine what her fucking job description was? No, because somebody other than Tony, like his previous assistant, wrote it. Well, I, I think in the canon, like, Tony fetched her out of the typing pool or something like that. Mm. But I prefer to believe that, I don't know, I prefer to believe something entirely different. I believe that Pepper has, like, an art history degree and, like, the most vile branch of art, which is contemporary. I was going to say, I actually like to believe that what Tony Stark does to hire people is he has hacked into all of the major colleges and universities and just has, a, a, like, a very careful alert set up that is for someone with high grades who gets into shit. I think that he just wants like, someone who has high grades who's, like, lulzy and a dumbass and enjoys danger. But that doesn't describe Pepper at all. Well, no, but I like to believe that in college or university, Pepper was, like, doing some dumb degree like contemporary art history <laughs> and then did something dumb, like steal another school's mascot for their football team. And that's she how she got never. hired. She would never. She does dumb things on on dares, and she gets drunk sometimes. And when she's drunk, you don't know what she's capable of. No. Disagree. Agree to Disagree. We have to agree to disagree on this one. <clears throat> ah, Rhodey. Uh, I have to say, of the entire movie, this outfit of his is working it hardest for me. Yeah, it's working it pretty hard. On the other hand, see these army, whatever, Air Force outfits? Air Force, yes. When the army here tried to recruit me the last three times, they were like, <laughs> don't worry. One of the perks of the job is that you basically get to wear pajamas all day. And then I saw a picture and I was like, <laughs> no. Because while my clothes are falling apart and shit, they look better than that. I love that they thought to use that on you. Yeah, well, they had known nope. a lot about me. Don't say recruiters are sneaky. Two of my friends got tricked. Well, I won't say tricked because I think that. They, they're both intelligent young gentlemen. They knew what they were doing. But, like, one of them definitely got tricked into at least the initial parts of recruitment. Because the recruiter guy was like, oh, yeah, well, I guess you're not smart enough to really pass the test anyway. So you can just leave. And he was like, fuck you! And, like, got a perfect score on it. And then for the Generation Kill people listening, he went on to be a recon marine and broke his foot twice in basic and was annoyed when they pulled him out because his foot was broken. Of course. 
Your friend just wants to like keep running on it. <laughs> so stupid. <sighs> so stupid. So beautiful. I really want this computer set up. I would use it only for terrible things, though. <laughs> I'm so frightened, but what would you use it for, MK? Would you want 3D visualizations of your terrible furry desires? I hate you, but no, because... <laughs> that is because you know that I am accurate. No, no, when I, when I think about this, I'm like, what would I do with such a cool setup? I would try to design things. I would design really dumb things that were not physically feasible, and then I would fail and give up on it and never use that thing again. It would just be, like, covered in cats in my living room. Yeah, this is, like, why whenever anybody is like, oh, my God, I love this computer, I want it so bad. I'm always like, I don't really do anything that requires that level of badassery, you know? Like, the most complex operation I engage in on my computer is when I'm watching, like, K-dramas, rendering a podcast, and writing a story at the same time. I do like, that's a my lot. upper maximum. <laughs> I do a lot of, like, graphic design and a bunch of website stuff, and I still would not need that. No. And I'm like, I pretty much work in 2D, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Most people do. Yeah. There's, I only know one person who has legitimate cause for a machine that badass, and like, she... Zoe Trope? Yeah, she yeah. <laughs> she's the only person who has like a legitimate reason for it. Total. And then she could make us all the vids. Yeah. Except her attention span is basically that of a gnat on cocaine, so... Yeah, well, you know, what are you gonna do? I've done a lot of begging. It doesn't do any good. No, she's too busy for us. I'm just going to like, go sit under her window one day and just be like, make sad crying noises until she makes me something. I don't think that'll work. Shut up, I know she lives. Yeah, but she's not really susceptible to your sadness. No, she's really not. She would just be like, hey there, what are you doing? Do you want to order some Indian food? And I'll be like, yes. Yes. <laughs> go inside. Before we started this podcast today, I was like, should I order food? And then it was like, I don't want to put on pants. And I feel like if I'm going to answer the door to accept food, I should at least be wearing pants. No, done it. I've done it pantsless before. Love this scene. Love oh. it so much. I can have babies with it. Part of the reason this movie is so good is because it's so funny. Yeah, because Tony is such a magical fail-bot. Well, it's the kind of shit that would happen to you at home, right? If yes! you had this technology. He keeps hurting himself in increasingly funny ways. Yeah. And I love his stupid Stark Industries mug. Yes. I love that he's sort of just, like, quietly, like, oh, my God. Because it's exactly the way that we are when we, like, fail at something, you know? Yeah. And can I say, like, good job on Robert Downey Jr. interacting with the 3D hologram action. Oh, my God, yeah. He's so good at it. He's so good at it. Oh, the box. <laughs> That evil fucker is upstairs. <laughs> Tony's like, stop, I don't want to think about it. He touched me again. Completely harmless. <laughs> I love that at home he just walks around with that shit showing through his shirt. Yeah, well, why not? I know, but it's just like... Like, it's not even showing through his shirt. He cut a hole in his shirt for it. We were discussing how he probably made Pepper, like, have someone hem all of his shirts around it. Yeah, really subtle. No one will be like, why do you want this hole in your shirt? Oh, hey, check out Iron Man with a big hole in his chest. 
Because <laughs> Tony's forte in life is subtlety, after all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that this, like, the more times I watch this movie, the more I sort of, like, either construct or catch little things that have the payment because they're really well done. Where, like, you know, he's just walking around in his house with, like, the little thing showing. Mm-hmm. It just betrays such a level of, like, comfortable intimacy with these two people that he's in a room with. Which just makes, like, Obadiah's, like, terrible, inevitable betrayal even worse. Yes. No, it's perfect. Because Obadiah is basically his dad. Yeah. Like, his actual dad treated him like shit. And then this guy becomes his dad and betrays him horribly. I'm ultra curious about, like, uh, whether or not Tony ever asks Steve about his interactions with Howard Stark. Because, like, Howard Stark in the Captain America movie is kind of a tool bag. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't seem like a bad guy. Like, obviously, doesn't really... Like, he obviously also doesn't really seem like a father figure of any kind. Right. But at the end of the movie, he's portrayed so completely... In a way that, like, makes you love him because he's, like, digging around the fucking Arctic trying to find his, you know, like, his sort of friend, this guy, Captain America. You know, it becomes, like, a life mission. And you sort of wonder how someone who has that in him could have been such a terrible dad. Some people are really great with other people and terrible with their kids. That's true. I just had the saddest of thoughts. Oh, no. Okay, like... 30 or 40 years from now, when Tony Stark is dead and they make a museum to the original Iron Man. Yes. These little videos that he filmed for himself are going to be in them, like, donated by Steve Rogers or whatever. (laughs) And, like, people can watch, like, this with him originally, and they're like, wow, that's really... No, it's a fucking tragedy. Why would you say that's so sad? For anyone listening, this is my special skill. I don't actually really write anymore. I just make everyone else write things for me by saying terrible things. That's so tragic. It's so sad. I can't write that. I'm already writing a potentially tragic, hilarious story. I don't want you to write it. That's like the the extra tragedy of this. This is such robot porn, and I'm not going to lie, folks, it worked for me. No, watching him open and close all of those little flaps is, like, weirdly sexual for me. You're like, uh, butt flap. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all those ridges. Ah, oh, so sexy. It's so aerodynamic. 
terabytes of calculations. I just really enjoy that Paul Bettany is like the most fuck my life robot of all time. <laughs> I like that Tony Stark programmed him. Probably with the intention of him being like, what's it called in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yes, Marvin. Yeah, he was like, I need like a sad robot. <laughs> Instead, he got a sassy one. Yeah, like a sassy, slightly depressed AI. <laughs> I love that his robot sasses him. It's like the greatest. I love people's characterizations of Jarvis in fan fiction. Jarvis is the greatest. Especially when he's like, like when Jarvis is basically like anything that Captain America wants, Captain America gets. Well, that's because Captain America is amazing. And because Tony has, like, always had a stupid crush on him, like, from when he was a boy. <laughs> it's too late to deprogram Jarvis. Yeah, he's, like, it didn't occur to him that he would ever meet Captain America. And when Captain America finally shows up, Jarvis is like, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? You're the greatest. And Tony's like, oh my god, stop it, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> like, luckily, Steve Rogers doesn't understand why Jarvis is like that. I was reading, oh man, I don't remember where this story is, but didn't someone write an amazing story where, like, Tony thinks that Jarvis is, like, a ghost? What? Yeah, like, because no one explains the AI to him. Oh, oh my god, I need so to just, read that. He just thinks, like, the house is haunted or some shit, <laughs> and it's, like, hilarious. Just didn't occur to them that, like, a voice that, like, answers all of your questions? Yes! Oh my god. Jarvis can't hear you, bitch. I like that he made a little switch on it for like flexing all of the flaps. In case of ice emergency. In case of stupid emergency. Well, it's Tony Stark. I love that Tony Stark is, like, old school enough that he, like, built a hard reboot, physical reboot button into it. <laughs> okay, you don't watch Community, but in the most recent episode of Community, there was a line that was just, she was born in the 80s. She still uses her phone as a phone. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I hate using my phone as a phone. <laughs> you hate talking to people on the phone. Yeah, because I'm smart. What? People should not talk on the phone. It is a flawed form of communication. No. Also, okay. Dummy, I love you. Dummy is the greatest. Dummy is the greatest dummy that ever dummied. Did you see the fan art on Tumblr of Dummy and Little Dummy, a.k.a. Baby? No. Yeah, someone drew, like, Dummy and Baby, which is, like, mini Dummy, but oh also, like, God. loves Captain America and polishes his shield for him. Oh, you're killing me! It's so Someone find this for me immediately. Oh. Okay, question. What do we feel about the Tony Pepper relationship that is telegraphed at the end of Iron Man 2? Because as much as I love them, I would like not want them to get together at all. Yeah, no. As much as I love them, Pepper can do better. It's... He, like, I think that Tony is, in a weird way, like, the love of Pepper Potts' life. Like, you can't really be in a relationship that intense with someone without it being really, really special. But at the same time, like, holy shit, that should not have happened. No. You know what? My personal dream canon is Pepper Coulson. Oh. Because he's, like, hmm. secretly badass, super competent, and, like, a gentleman who would treat her well. 
I feel like Coulson has like a whole secret life none of us know anything about. Yeah. I wrecked a story a long time ago on a pinboard account, and everyone should go look for it. And it's called um, Agent Coulson's No Good, Very Bad, Horrible Week. <clears throat> okay. And it's like one of the funniest things you'll ever read, but it posits that Coulson's mom is dating Fury. Oh. I don't know why I felt like I shared. I should share that, other than the fact that it was one of the funniest things I've ever read. You're a terrible person. It was the greatest. Hello, Stanley. Hello, Stanley, playing the hat. Hi, Coulson. This party looks like so many shitty parties that I never want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> These types of parties can be really fun if you don't have to behave with them. Mm. Like, if you're just there because you, like, have to be counted, um, then they're hilarious because there's an open bar and you get to be all fancy and you can sit in a corner and, like, slag off other people. But, like, if you have to actually be well-behaved, it's, like, fucking miserable. I don't drink and I always have to be well-behaved in public. There's no winning. I love this. Like, this is so great. This is the moment where I was like, oh my god, I love Pepper Potts forever. Because she didn't wear deodorant, and she feels ridiculous <laughs> stress. And also, she's like, oh, holy shit, everyone is scary with us. This is so awkward. And, like, <laughs> these are thoughts that are absolutely true to reality. It's and, like, totally no, what you'd be thinking in that situation. No lady in, like, a fucking movie ever thinks about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, nobody. And she does, and, like, 
it doesn't take anything away from her other than just like makes her even more real and fantastic. Also, I love that Tony Stark's social security number is five. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, it's five. It's, it's five. I bet you in like the months following like Tony and Pepper's inevitable breakup, whatever he's filling out for, (laughs) he just writes in five. (laughs) Until Steve finally gets sick of it and calls Pepper and asks what Tony's. I have to like memorize Tony's all of his pertinent information. I love how Phil Coulson just kind of like wormed his way into the franchise and is now like an absolutely necessary part of the movies. Drive with like a lot of olives, like at least three olives. <laughs> uh, this bitch is back. Hate her so much. Hate her with every fiber of my being. What is she even doing here? She's being horrible. This is just like, this is just exhibit two in like the worst reporter in the history of time action happening right now. Yeah. There's a moment later that like always made me like tear out my hair where they're on the steps of the concert hall and like Obadiah and Tony have just had their little throwdown moment. Yep. And instead of asking him a question afterward, she just leaves. Yeah, she just leaves. Not a very good reporter. I will say she's useful though in that she gets the ball going. Yeah, she's an exposition dump and that's all she is. They could have done this like if there's some other like non assy method. I have to say I'm watching this with subtitles because I have the volume down because we're doing this. Right. And it makes it so much more interesting knowing how things are spelled. <laughs> I know that sounds dumb, but it does. It does sound dumb. And just being able to see the way that they wrote shit. Protect you from the knife I'm about to put in your back? (laughs) Yeah, just walks away. Also, like, initially when I was watching this, I was like, ugh, this narration for this TV bit is, like, so over the top. And then I was like, no, it's TV reporting. That's pretty much how they go. Yep. So many reasons I hate TV news. I can't watch it. It's useful sometimes, but... I only get my news from the internet. (laughs) Okay. And sometimes from hard copies of newspapers.
If I were Iron Man, I would totally sit around at home with like half of an Iron Man arm on. Of course you would. Fucking shit up. I think, like, this is the moment where he actually realizes that it could be a weapon. Mm -hmm. Like, until then, he really did think that that was a flight stabilizer. You know, I hadn't considered that. You're right. Because he built a flight, flight stabilizer, and it totally works for that. It just also happens to be able to fuck shit up. Oh, so hot. It's like super hot. I really do probably love robots too much. A little bit, yes. Oh, it's so good for me. I also really enjoy that they made the editorial decision to go with the black undersuit instead of the all-gold horse suit that he wears in comics canon. Yeah, the black suit looks so much better. God, Tony Stark, you're such a good designer. <laughs> I think that um, someone else said it really well. They're like, the reason that Tony Stark is so enjoyable as and believable as genius playboy philanthropist um, is that you actually see him making things, you know? Like, a lot of times you get told that someone is a genius and you don't really consider the reality of it. Yeah. Uh, but you see him making the armor, and in the second movie, no matter how much you hate it, like, you see him ripping up his house to make the element, you know? Yeah. Like, he's, he's very workmanlike in this. He's a mechanic at heart, and it's awesome. Yeah. I think I read an AU once where Tony Stark is actually, like, a car mechanic, and Steve Rogers' car breaks down. <laughs> Does he pay for it in ass? No, but they fall in love. That, that, that was really, like, the moment that highlights the difference between us, doesn't it? Does he pay an ass? No, but they fall in love. <laughs> it's just as good. This is the fuck terrorism moment. Yep. Boop. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> and the mom is just like, holy fuck balls. Yeah. I also this next bit where he's like, it's not enough that like that dude is like hiding in the building and I'm like right next to the door. I can't walk through the door. I'm going to punch through this wall because I can. Yes. Like, literally gaping hole in the wall. No, that's unnecessary. And pull him through the wall. I'm gonna rip him out through the wall. And give him to these poor people. Yep. 
Just someone else was oh. saying that it was. Um, do you remember in Casino Royale the parkour, uh, the parkour fight in the very beginning? Oh my god, do I? Yeah, it's like it was like the other agent like slips through this tiny little silver door, and Daniel Craig's James Bond is like, "Fuck that noise!" and just goes through the wall. Yeah, <laughs> I love Daniel Craig. Who does? All right, who's the bitch who just hit me in the face? <laughs> Love it. Cool guys don't look at explosions. Cool nope. guys just walk away. Cool robots definitely don't look at explosions. Yep. Goodbye, Jericho. Ciao. That's what you get. Uh, the Jericho language. You know who? Do you know who I love? Whenever I see that tiny little rocket, it always makes me remember Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer. In the sequel, where he's talking about the ex-wife. Oh, yeah. His, his endlessly, like, deadly little rocket thing. I love, love that guy. I don't know whether he'll ever come back for another movie, but his character was delicious. Small fact. Wait, so that guy right there in the middle? Yes. For anyone listening? Stargate SG-1. He's the guy who marries Vella Maldoran. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Just like a little sidebar there for our listeners. You know, those universes could totally be merged. Well, like, in that, in SG-1, he's an alien from, uh, you know, like the, the universe where the evil ascended live? No, because I went outside and had friends as a child. Uh, I watched all of SG-1 when I was a grown-up. <laughs> that makes it better. <laughs> totally makes it better. <laughs> My friends understood that I needed to watch all of Stargate, and I couldn't see them for a while. Also, how much do I love that he fed his cell phone into the Iron Man suit? He's such an awful liar, which is really funny. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. Like, he was so unsmooth with the reporter, and he's, like, so not smooth with Rhodey. I love that Rhodey is like, it is probably Tony. (laughs) Probably Tony. We're still going to shoot it down. Because I called him, and he swore it wasn't him, so. I love that this is like their friendship game of chicken. He's like, oh, it's not you, right? I'm going to blow it up. (laughs) Tony's like, not me. What are you going to do now? I love how Jarvis is like, I hate you. Jarvis is like, why didn't you just tell him? Like, seriously, why didn't you just tell him? I will say, Tony hooking onto the bottom of one of the jets? Yeah. Brilliant. It's like exactly what I would do in that situation. Seriously. Just hit My your favorite, head. I just love that he's like hooked onto one of the jets, right? And then he calls Rhodey in that super embarrassed voice, like, Hi, Rhodey, it's me. It's me. <laughs> one of the funniest parts of this stupid movie. <laughs> so good. Also, I love that the picture of Tony on Rhodey's phone is totally like a shot taken at the casino or whatever. 
that the picture of Rhodey that shows up inside the Iron Man suit when he calls is like his official military photo that Jarvis has like hacked out of their database. True. Well, also, beautiful thing. Like, look at how dated that technology looks already. Yeah. Like, I looked at Rhodey's cell phone, and I was like, ew. Look at that, like, tiny little screen with the picture. And that shit was, like, state-of-the-art when this movie came out. Also, he's totally using that phone as a phone. Yeah. <laughs> Dude well, was clearly born he was before probably the born even earlier than the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> oh! Yeah! Poor F-22. I love that your concern is for the plane. I love that plane. And then dude's parachute doesn't go? Yeah, whatever. He'll be fine. Only thanks to Tony Stark, philanthropist. <laughs> Playboy. Genius. Billionaire philanthropist. Playboy. Genius. I love that, like, all of the army dudes, like, the reactions are perfect. I, he was actually in Iron Man 2. That guy? The same nature? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, but I was like, that's another piece of amazing continuity and casting. Like, he doesn't even have much of a speaking part. They just, like, had him in. Of course, because he's amazing. just reflecting on how like why would they even need to disclose this like who would even know about this i don't know some ballsy reporter oh wait i forgot all of the reporters in this movie are shit accurate look at that that robe that he was wearing easiest robe ever it makes me want to get some kind of robe to wear at home just to be like malevolent also, this, this scene, amazing. <laughs> I love that he tries to turn around. I just, like, as soon as he says that, all I want to know is what the worst thing he's, she's caught him doing is. Yeah, but I want, like, a top ten. Oh, yes. Top ten worst things Pepper Potts has found Tony Stark doing. Oh, he's so choice. So choice. Listening to the entire Justin Bieber discography. That's not even shameful. I bet you Tony rocks that. <laughs> You're a terrible person. Burn, bitch. Like Obadiah needs guards. 
Advertise evil is too strong for guards. Right? Yup. Look at that substandard fire pit. Oh, but that's like Asia. I'm gonna rule more than Asia. Probably the reason that of the two Iron Man movies, this one was better, was in part because the villain is so much better. Yeah, this is a villain that you can fear and respect. Yeah, like, Obadiah is, like, mesmerizingly bad. And just, you know, like, I can't stop looking at him. Yeah. The acting mm -hmm. is amazing. He's very well, Shepard is. Yeah. That bitch is, that bitch is for real, he's... <laughs> He's not imaginary. He's for real, for real. So for real, Zeus. love that like there's a real sense of pacing in this like they really do not waste too much time no like this is all happening in like the same like 72 hours it's really good it's going fast totally I like that he has the mark on his neck because, like, the Iron Man suit is not perfected. Yeah.
Okay, can I just say that this operating system is bullshit? Yes! This operating system is total horseshit. This operating system is the thing that bothers me most about this entire movie. <laughs> like, I like everything except for this operating system. And the fact that she can just be like, can you translate the audio in this video in real time? Apparently, yes. yes. No! Someone else, someone else was like, wait, if they're translating the audio, why do they still have accents? Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I totally believe that Tony Stark can build that robot and build all these weapons and like do all these crazy things. I do not believe that he can build that operating system or that maybe, software. Maybe he kept Steve Jobs and, and Mateus Duarte as like prisoners for a month <laughs> and forced them to do it. Uh, they would build a better operating system than that. Accurate. Mateus Duarte would be like, I hate this. In case you guys don't know who he is, it's the design honcho of Android. Does a pretty good job. I think his icons could use some work, though. Yeah, I really like stock Android. I really hate all the different skins on it, but stock is really beautiful. I'll take your word for it, since, you know, I'm an Apple girl. Well, I have an iPhone, too, but I also, like, it's weird having gone from, like, the Android system to using the iPhone. Um, the iPhone is just, like, built for technologically incompetent people and it really shows yeah but the camera is so good on it <laughs> you're so weak i like it because it's built for incompetent people I hate things built for incompetent people So creepy. He's the creepy uncle. He's like so good at being creepy. I really hope that when they were doing characterization, they were like, seriously, he's the creepy uncle. That's all you have just, to keep in mind. Just emotionally bad touch everybody. And he was like, done. I'm an amazing actor. That shit anyways. <laughs> like that line right there. I'm like, stop hitting on your niece. It's so gross. Pepper is so lucky that she is not Obadiah's personal assistant. Oh, good lord. Don't even imagine? say those words. If I were her, I would have stuck that thing down my shirt. Like, when she's putting stuff in her bag or whatever. USB, right down yes. the bra. Nobody is going to check uh, the bra. That's not true. That would be the first place I checked. Yeah, but you're you. No, I'm just a person who, like, knows that ladies hide things in their boobs. Until, like, this year, I did not hide things in my boobs. <laughs> like, okay, this is terrible, and I shouldn't actually tell people this, but it's, like, too funny not to mention. So... <laughs> Um, I refuse to wear, like, a fanny pack when I jog, and I also, like, don't have any running shorts or anything with, like, pockets that have, like, any sort of zipper on them, so my keys would basically just go flying everywhere, right? Like, I have an armband for my iPod and shit like that, but essentially what I do is I have to use my tits as a bag. You know that Lululemon makes jogging pants that have, like, a little band in them that you can put yes, your keys? Yes, I know. Yeah, okay. I know. But Lululemon also makes incredibly expensive jogging pants that I'm too cheap to do. Oh my god, listen, I own Lululemon. It's worth it. 
Yeah, no, it's too expensive. It's, um, you haven't worn so, your pants. I'm sure, but they're too Next expensive. time you're here, you're going to wear some of my pants, and then we'll see how you feel about it. How do I respond to this? Did we after just miss that of, line? After all of the stories of you smelling people, and now you're going to force me to wear your clothes. You're so creepy, Derek Hale. <laughs> I like that you can make that reference now. I know. I've learned so much. It pleases me. It pleases you. Ew, look at that hideous phone. Ah, uh, dark times. All those many, not that many years ago. Like six years ago. Yeah, the technology has already, like, changed so fucking much. Yep. I'm just trying to, like, the first phone, the first cell phone I ever had, oh my god, now would just, like, seem antiquated beyond use. Oh, my phone was already, my first phone was already antiquated when I got a hold of it. Yeah. I find, like, I find that, like, the fact that all of his hair is on the lower half of his head very distressing. Really? Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't like facial hair in general, though. Generally speaking, I'm not a fan. Which, of course, like, reminds me of the terrible conversation we had about Tom Hardy performing oral sex on you. Oh, because I was going to say all I could think of was, I think we also had a conversation once where I was like, if I could have all of the hair on my body removed below the eyebrows... Yeah, you and me were agreed on that one, though. Yeah, but if I could do that to, like, every person, I would. Yeah. Like, if every person on the planet could have all of their body hair below the eyebrows removed, I'd be totally in favor. <laughs> God, I hate body hair. Thank you for that. Look at his beautiful, smooth head. <laughs> so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Tony's face. Whoever did makeup in this scene is amazing. Yeah. So illegal to do now. Yeah, with good reason. Yep. I love competent Pepper just like getting shit done.
I love Dummy so much. <laughs> Dummy is the greatest. He's the greatest. <laughs> so cute. He really did have to go completely insane if he was like, you know, it sounds like a great idea in the midst of all of this warmongering and shit like that. I'm going to put on the robot suit and chase Tony around L.A. I'm sure that's going to end really well. I think it'll end really well. I think that no one will ever be suspicious and uh, that will be really, really surreptitiously done. And no one will ever think that's weird at all. No, they'll be like, I guess Iron Man died. Yeah, I'm Not sure that we that's really cool. know yet who Iron Man is. That's cool. Sometimes Iron Man's gotta go. Just gotta go. Yeah. Love the scene. Although I continually and perpetually call bullshit on the costuming in this scene because this is the one time I did not like what they put Pepper in. Her heels. Her heels are ludicrous. Like. There's, like, a very big difference between, like, really bitchin' high heels that you would normally wear and, like, stripper shoes. And anytime you have, like, a height advancer on the front, on the ball of your foot, those are stripper shoes. Um, so, professional tip girls, don't wear those at the office. Uh, but, like, also, like, she's wearing stilettos and she's walking on a grate. I don't know how that's happening. Because you don't walk on grates when you wear stilettos. You basically sink into the grate. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many reasons that I don't wear heels. <laughs> there used to be this, like, row of fucking grates in front of my office um, in New York. And it was just, like, every day when I would, like, step out for lunch or something, I would end up, like, inevitably, like, stepping wrong and, like, sliding in and swearing as I tried to, like, extract myself without snapping my heel. <laughs> I think you told me that because we were walking on cobblestones in New York and you were wearing ridiculous heels. And I was like... Why don't you wear some flats? <laughs> or some running shoes? Strongly cox training, man. Strongly cox training. Look at I'm this constantly scene. training. This scene where he looks at the, the potential war machine suit? Yeah. Everyone was like, I can't wait for the next movie when he has a... Never mind. At the time, when I first saw this, I was like, why would you put Agent Coulson in first? Like, that guy can't fight anyone. And now I'm like, yeah, he can. He can fight all the people. He's, He's like, like the, the most dangerous person. In that room, yes. That's what she said. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, Tony Stark is proud of you, MK. Yeah, he is. What's with this weird water effect on the wall? No, I think it's I think it's supposed to like reflect the arc reactor. That doesn't look like the light of the arc reactor to me. 
So yeah, Marvel, it doesn't look like it to me either, but... Marvel, if that's what you were going for, that's the second thing that I don't like that about this movie. That that well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that, did, that didn't quite capture it. No. Also, the lighting in this room is really weird, in general. Okay, that terrifying. Yeah. I remember watching this movie for the first time and when he like crawls out of the parking lot I was like dude that's not fair like you're not even giving her a chance to flee (laughs) Obadiah isn't fair that's not how he rolls yes but like most superheroine like lady characters are like too stupid to rescue themselves whereas I'm like Pepper would totally get the fuck out of there you just like did not even give her a chance yeah One of the things that's great about this fight, though, is because, okay, so Tony Stark is never the underdog because he's Tony fucking Stark. Right. But to do this battle correctly, one, his, like, Obadiah's suit has to be way souped up, and two, they also give him Tony's better power arc. Like Exactly. Like, yeah. power limit, and his suit is going to start falling apart, and he has an inferior, well, technically inferior suit. Yeah. Amazing. Totally awesome. Because otherwise, this fight, you'd be like, yeah, okay, kill him. But instead, yep. you're terrified for him the entire time. No, it's beautifully done. Completely Except beautifully for this right. part where you're like, fuck that mom. Yeah. <laughs> and not in like a MILF way, just like a get the fuck out of there, mom. I get her panic, though. I guess. That's, that's like a fear reaction more than anything else. By the way, that car also paid for to be in that movie. Wow. But it's movies like this that constantly remind me that living in LA is just danger waiting to happen. Yeah. But why would you live in LA? Because Lopagus is there. Lopagus is the only good thing about LA. Yeah, Lopagus is the only good thing about LA. But the first, one of the times I saw this movie, I was like reading that bus saying hydrogen power. Yeah. And I definitely, because Obadiah was standing in front of it, was like, oh my god, is that bus hydropowered? <laughs> nice. I know, so smart. It's like, oh, you are sleeping on the couch, mister. <laughs> I do love that Obadiah's armor is so brutal. Yeah. Because, like, he based it on the original design, which is yeah. basically shit. That's like building a current Mac on, like, a 1980s Mac. Yeah. Can you imagine the operating system? 
trying not to because I'm like imagining like that stupid little face everywhere. Everywhere. That face was always staring at me and I hated it. Fucking GUI. The first GUI, but still. Yeah, but whatever. That's the reason that, like, that was my first computer. And I did not like it because of that face. And then I was on Windows for, like, 16 years before switching back to a Mac. And I was like, hey, there's no face. (laughs) Or, like, limited face. Limited face. That little spinny rainbow wheel, though. My nemesis. I will say his face, when his suit ices over, kind of looks like a sad puppy. (laughs) Good focus, okay. It's what I do. I would like to know what the emergency backup power for the suit is. I'm sure that Tony actually stuck a battery in there somewhere. Yeah, but still. I mean... Uh, I propose that, that he keep... stick some solar panels on it. Yeah, that'd be cool. But I mean, this thing has to keep his heart running. I know. I bet you Tony, like, being Tony, is like, eh, it's cool. He can skip a couple beats. No eh, big. It's probably okay. Like, I haven't had a similar problem while drunk before. That's fun. That shit's cool. I do find it also interesting. I'm curious to know how much they actually play up that part of his character. Yeah, me too. Like, his canonical substance abuse issues? Like, really curious. I mean, it would be entirely fine if they never actually went there. But, um, I'm curious to know what they do decide to do with that. Well, hard to say if we'll ever find out. Uh, I want that movie so badly my teeth hurt. I want a lot of things. He's so crazy. Look how tiny he is inside of that thing. I love it. I I always thought that, that was kind of like a design. I think it's a design flaw of the Iron Man suit is that it looks so regular man sized. Because basically it has to like contain Tony. And like if you look at the profile of the suit, he looks incredibly fucking slender in that suit. And I was like, unless he has some intense manorexia going, that suit <laughs> should really be much bigger. Yes. He has some Styles level manorexia going. Styles isn't manorexic. He eats curly fries and has a good time. I don't know. He also eats a lot of cock. 
I'm just basing it off of I'm just basing it off of the truths that Tumblr has shown me. Tumblr is a liar. <laughs> Tumblr's a liar. Obadiah's aim is so awful without the targeting system. He's an old man. He probably <laughs> needs glasses. <laughs> because that's not going to fuck the environment. <laughs> it's cool. That just gave Thor a little giggle. Yeah, it probably did. Thor was like, oh, that tickles. I'm like in the middle of Iron Man and I'm just like casually having a moment where I'm like ah, Thor is the greatest Thor is the greatest like I don't even have a crush on that guy he's just the greatest I have a little bit of a crush on him but mostly because I cried during Star Trek uh yes yes he made everyone cry during Star Trek He would have been pretty great, though, if at the last minute, instead of dying, he's like, Psych, I'm the god of thunder! <laughs> Still alive, bitches. Kurt. It's all good! Heir to the Odinson family. Oh, shit. You think you had an annoying uncle. Kirk? <laughs> Kirk. No, it's a James Thorson Kirk. That's what the yes. P now stands for. So beautiful. I do thought I do think it's really interesting that they totally bucked comics canon in this part. What do you mean? Where in the original canon, Tony Stark was Tony Stark, but Iron Man was his uh, bodyguard. Oh, his bodyguard, yeah. They're like, yeah. use this uh, story where he's your bodyguard. And he's I, like, fuck it. Yeah, I really like that they called bullshit on that, because that was always stupid. Um, but I also think it was kind of like, holy crap, like... I don't think they really thought through what they were going to do after that. That's what made that, uh, what is the, like, the Senate hearing or whatever in the second one? Where they're, like, hand over the Iron Man suit, and he's like, I can't because the Iron Man suit is me, and that would be, like, prostitution to my country, and you wouldn't know anything about prostitution because you're a senator, right? And they're all like, uh... Awkward. A little bit awkward. Oh my god, the scene coming up where she shuts him down so hard is like the greatest scene of my life. It's so good for me. I will say, in fan fiction, because I didn't know the comics canon yet, when they were like, oh yeah, my bodyguard, Iron Man, I was like, you're what? <laughs> That's a dumb like, storyline. That's stupid, who would fall for that? I know. Uh, original readers of Marvel. Sorry! <laughs> I love how she lulls him into a false sense of security. Look at his face. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get some. Totally in there. I'm totally in there. <laughs> <laughs> the 
look of exquisite, like, fuck. Forgot about so that good. part. <laughs> Got a little caught up in being Iron Man. Awkward. And now Mr. Stark has prepared a statement. He will not be taking Also, why is Rhodey your, like... <laughs> He shouldn't be, and it's just another one of those things where it's like, why? Why are you even there? The military would be like, why the fuck were you in uniform and, like, announcing shit on his behalf? You're supposed to be working exactly. for us. He would actually probably be fined for that. Like, you're not supposed to wear a uniform. To, uh, like, non-military, what, huh? This lady. Oh, yeah, no, I've already decided to tune her out because she offends my sensibilities so greatly. I found this scene offensive. Oh, God, no. I think everyone should find this scene offensive. I hate her. Which is unfair, because, like, this actress does a really good job of being obnoxious. She totally does. But she really totally, she's in it to win it, in terms of the obnoxious Olympics. But, like, I just, like, want to hit her. It's not fair to her. It's character defect, all the mistakes i made, largely public. He just can't you can like see him. You can like see him struggling. He's his, like, oh, I want it so bad. His ego can't contain it. It's like, but you know, you know, it'd be way cooler if everyone just knew. Yeah, if everyone just like knew that I was badass. Like that reaction, he's just trying to hold back the smile and failing. Oh, Iron Man! What a great movie. <laughs> Such a great movie and a really good movie to kick off the whole franchise. <laughs> what? These credits are amazing. Do you know I like these credits, but do you know who has the greatest credits ever? Please tell me. The original Mummy movie. I have not watched that in a long time. These credits are really beautiful. I love those credits. I also, it, whenever anybody talks about movies credits, it always makes me think about um, the credits for Wally. Oh, yeah. Which they had to stick in because apparently in the screen testing, everyone just thought that all the humans died anyway. <laughs> they were like, the story's so bleak. And they were like, what? And they were like, all those fat humans probably died, right? And they were like, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> and that's why they had to make the end credits, that little uplifting tale. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I uh, have just been going through my Disney collection on my boxy box. And I'm like, I should watch all the Disney movies. I should just sit down and watch, like, every Disney movie. Well, yeah. every good Disney movie. All right, dude. Do we want to go all the way to the end, or shall we end it here? I think we could stop it here. You guys don't need us to talk through the credits. No, we don't. And you guys already know about the hidden scene at the end. And if you don't, watch all the way to the end. Yeah. Do that. Definitely. Do it without us, though, because we already know how awesome it is. And if you don't, you're a sucker. <laughs> don't be a sucker. Watch it. Yep. You can fast forward. We, we won't tell Dude. anyone. <laughs> Dude, this is fun. I love this movie. I love this movie super a lot. Me too. This is now, like, the third time I've watched this movie in, like, seven days. Really? Yeah, because I went to the I went to the movie marathon, but before that, I was like really bored one night, like when I was supposedly writing, and uh, instead I watched Iron Man. Good job. I will say yeah. a sign of how good this movie is is that Doctor Watson watched the whole thing. 
Dr. Watson? My cat. All right, guys. And on that note, we're ending it. Bye. Bye.